We need heroes, and you're it. Yes, and with that, I am the Lorekeeper. That was CG, and welcome to Hyperborean Radio, you dirty, heroic heathens, you. Whether you like it or not, absolutely no pressure, but everything is counting on you. Well, we often do say we are in the heroic age. So, uh, yeah, we're back from our excursion out into the, the woods. place. Yes, out into the woods with our survival experience and so on and so forth. It was fantastic. If you want to see what happened, join us on Patreon. We're going to post it all over there. Uh, lessons learned, things that we did. All that uh, stuff. The pictures that we remembered to take. Oh, yeah, we're, we're not the bestest <clears throat> at that, especially when we're trying to be off-grid. Right. And, um, yeah, if you like what it is that we do, you can support us by following us on Patreon. Uh, let me see. We have the Teesprings. You can, you can donate there. You can also do, uh, <clears throat> donate directly to hyperboreanradio at gmail.com on PayPal. And I think that's um, it. More. Something about books. Oh, you can per, you can go to uh, Buy Me a Coffee where we have, you can buy us a book. Right, for research because we actually do a lot of research. Yes, we Granted, do. we might buy a coffee with it instead, but hey, you already understand that because you guys are smart. Smart enough to listen to us and, on our podcast. Yes. <clears throat> so anyways... Yes, heroes or supermen, same thing. Not to be confused with Superman, supermen, which are heroes. That's the topic of the day. And what part is it that you play in that? What are heroes? And a lot of people will say, especially the people that are, they're beaten down. Quite Quite frankly, they're beaten down. And they will say things like, heroes are dead. There's no such thing as heroes. See, there are heroes. There's very few of them in the real world right now, but they do exist, and they exist in little ways. They're carrying the candles rather than the torches or the beacons, but they're still there. We have the fictional and historical characters, and they serve a role. We're going to get into that. Part of what made me think of why this was so important is not only the fact that our people are so beaten down right now and just kind of... This heroic spirit that has existed in us for so long, the, the, kind, the one that makes us travel the seven seas, the one that makes us climb the mountains, the one that makes us fight the dragon, it, it's, it's kind of at a whimper right now. Right. But it's also, if you look at our mythology, if you look at our culture, the, these heroes are always the backbones, the, the sort of mythic... Everything. It, it, it's in everything, whether it's Hercules, whether it's Daniel Boone, whether it's frickin' Captain America. These are important, and we need them because they remind us of what we can be. Right. Well, and that's the entire pur- purpose of the hero is to inspire, to inspire, to inspire people to be more than what they are. It's like the little boy that once, when he was little, he wanted to be like dad. He didn't want to be dad. He wanted to be like dad. Or he wanted to be like Babe Ruth as he's out there swinging. And it comes down to play, too. Play is actually involved in this. It is not a silly thing. It is a survival skill. It is fundamental, actually, to our very being. Well, we brought this up before. You know, like some of the oldest idols, quote unquote, are action figures. Yes. Or um, like the kid that. dresses up as the cowboy. He's got the six shooters and he's going to go to the okay corral or he's the knight in the forest with a stick fighting the dragon and saving the damsel in distress. Right. These are 
ingrained in us. I mean, there's even people that have complained. I can't get my young son to stop waving the stick around. What do I do? Right. What do I well, do? And, uh, that's actually legitimately where I was going to go with it is the way that the the little boys, the little girls play. It's becoming the hero, whether it's the, the hero of the kitchen. Um, I'm going to say with little girls, although some chefs. They'll play two different versions of the same game, I guess, because some little boys pretend to be cooks, but usually the boys will be cooking for the he- be like the cookie. Yeah, the cookie or like the the person that cooks the great meal for the kings of the kings of old, right? Or- uh, on the battlefield, so on and so forth, where the little girls usually playing cooking, they're practicing to be a mom, and that's one of the one of the issues. Most of the people in the audience are going to be old enough. I'd imagine, although, I don't know, there might be some people listening with their young children, but most people when they was growing up currently, if they're younger, which according to our demogra- our analytics, are younger, uh, 23 to 27, I think it said. Yeah. They grew up hearing, don't wave the stick around, don't point the gun at anybody, uh, stop running around, what are you doing, come in, play the video game. That is killing that heroic spirit. It was an attempt to kill the hero within the child. Well, and that's the thing is with- whether it's conscious or not, we've discussed this many times. It doesn't take a grand conspiracy and most of it is done through the best of intentions. Well, it's like uh, most uh, there's actually a higher percentage of our people that are left handed mm-hmm. like uh, myself. We've seen some evidence that I actually was left handed, but I was raised with the cultural norm of being right handed. So I end up being right-handed, but you, we've seen firsthand, I actually learn things faster with my left. Yes. It's the same thing. It's not done out of malice. It's done out of, well, I don't want him to be Concerned. different. Well, yeah, it's it's this desire to, I don't want them to be different. I don't want them to be ostracized. You know, the same logic that ends up with the tips of penises cut off. Yeah. I don't want him to be different. So I'll cut three inches off from his off from the end of his penis when he's a baby. They call it circumcision. Yes. Everybody else is like, three inches, what? (laughs) It's a joke. It's a joke, people. Yes. Remember to laugh. The heroes always knew when to laugh. Oh, yeah. Especially in the face of danger or sorrow. Yeah. Our heroes are under attack, and that's what the gods are. They're, They're heroes. They're things to look up to, aspire to. There's warnings that go with them, much like our the modern day hero. Like, be like Wolverine, but be careful the temper. Or preferably Logan, not Wolverine, but be like Logan. But beware, there's a temper that goes with that, and that causes issues. Be like, uh, I don't know, this superhero or that superhero, but beware, there are issues that come with that. And then there's historic figures, too, and there's warnings that come with them as well, like Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett. They were real people, but they're heroes. But there's warnings that come along with them because this personality type has a tendency to also display these things, these traits in this other way. So be be careful of that. Well, it's like even not going with the obvious heroes because everyone always goes straight for the the battle prowess, which is right. the most famous ones, obviously. But then you have like Johnny Appleseed. Right. He was a folk hero, but for a different way. But he's not just a positive figure because there's also the negative element of he didn't have a family. Right. He was ostracized. Solitary. From- he was very solitary. He 
he gave up a lot to live the way he did. So while we still reap the benefits and we still honor him as a hero, we also acknowledge that the way he lived is something not everyone can do. And there are or co- should do. Yeah. And because, are- OK, I think everybody has a hero inside of them, but not everybody has Johnny Appleseed inside of them. Not everybody has Paul Bunyan inside of them. Not everybody has what is it? The Scarlet Pumpernickel yes. inside of them. Not everybody is Reynard, but there is a hero there. The Hearth Goddess is a hero. It, she is more than just a burning flame. She is the comfort of the home. That is a hero, uh, a hero type of its own. I mean, think about. Uh, let me see. There was I can't remember the name of the tales, but you got. It's more modern, but you have the the group of heroes. They go out and they adventure and they slay all the dragons, and then they come back to the tavern to the inn. And they eat their potatoes. And the innkeeper is a hero in his own right, even though all he does is make them comfortable and feel welcome when he comes home well, or we, when they come home. We can't underplay the importance of restorative heroics. Right. The people that heal, the people that uh, restore, the people that maintain. These are not to be underappreciated. Right. Or you have your ones that create, which is like your blacksmiths and your your woodworkers, and these are your creatives. Sometimes they'll be paintings, I think. Painters come into another set, but they're still creative. But that's more like they fall in more with the storytellers than they do with a blacksmith or a woodcarver or a bow maker or whatever. Because what they're doing is they're telling a story with a picture. That's why I, I lump them more with, with a uh, storyteller. Because storytellers are also creatives. And oddly enough, sometimes a storyteller can be so good that they themselves become legendary in and of their own right. right. Homer, uh, Shakespeare. Tolkien. Tolkien. Well, Tolkien is basically a hero to people. There's a borderline hero cult just around his literature. I, I mean, like we brought up before, there's kind of this rebellion against the system that's destroying all these cultural uh, touchstones all of these franchises all of these mm-hmm. stories all of these these worlds that have been built in fiction because Tolkien is so precious that it's a completely different beast yeah going after Tolkien's work is completely different from going after most of these other works well and so that comes down to the the only question of what kind of hero are you going to be and it doesn't matter male or female you have that hero inside of you. You don't necessarily have to unleash it, but you should try. Uh, and I've said this years ago. If what you do is make sandwiches, make sa- sandwiches in the most heroic way that you can. It sounds silly, and I, I know that's I know it. That's why I say it is because it sounds silly. But be the best damn sandwich maker that you can be, and that's how you achieve that heroism, whatever it is that you're doing. You do it to the best, grandest level that you can do it. Well, actually, an example of that restorative, that that healing, that comfort as a heroism, Florence Nightingale. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the Crimean War she was in, but she was just a nurse and she was just she was adored. Just just a nurse. No, she was the nurse. Yes. And, And that's the beauty of it is she was a hero to those men. She didn't have to fight a single day. She was a hero to these men. And that's something people don't understand. It's actually something I get kind of aggravated about. This idea that the only way you can achieve this mythic apotheosis is going the route of Hercules. Right. Where you you conquer 
er the lands. You defeat the monsters. You, you're known for your great battle prowess, ignoring the people that achieved that through nurturing or kindness or healing or all of these things that are important. Well, and let me see. Everybody has that hero inside of them, and, and I said that earlier. Most of the heroes now, they're carrying a candle. They're not carrying a torch or a large beacon. But even, uh, sadly, even more people are just carrying the candle. At least light your candle. At least light your candle to inspire other people. You don't have to be that grand over the top. If you can, great. I'm asking you to at least light the candle and let people know that there is hope. Because that's what a, a hero's job is, is to inspire hope, to inspire courage, to inspire and the reason why this is important is because when people put you down long enough, you start to believe it. Yes, and I've actually met people like that. And they will basically say, nobody's ever been as nice to me as you are. Or nobody's ever said such kind things to me. You know, it, I rarely it, get accused of being nice, but kind. Which most people are actually surprised about. And why? why is this, though? Why is it that they start to believe the bad things when they're being put down constantly on TV and music and just in general in life and not lifted up? It's because it's easier to believe. That's why being a real-life hero is so important and protecting heroes because currently right now there's, there's people trying to protect heroes' ring, rings of power or from the rings of power, actually. The heroes are doing their jobs in movies and TV shows and writing. They're doing their jobs. Their jobs is they're supposed to take the attack before we do. That way we, we then rise to the occasion. They're inspiring us even through, through being attacked, through being torn down. They're inspiring our people, whether they realize it or not, to step up and actually start fighting back. Well, and another benefit we have is there's so many heroes from our history, from our mythology, that it's taking them a long time to work their way through them. I mean, mm -hmm. they're going after, I mean, they've gone after just statues of elk, usually over the flimsiest of reasons. Right. And it's because they're just taking everything down because we're such a heroic people. They know that even the stag can be inspiring if the right's tale of heroism is attached to it. Right, so what we need to do is we, if we want to stop these attacks, we need to become the heroes. We need to inspire other people to not just lay down. We're, if you're told enough times that you're weak, you begin to believe that you're weak because it's, it's, unfortunately, it's just the way that it is. It's the easier thing to believe that you're weak rather than strong. Well, and the thing about heroes is they teach you that you can save yourself. And that is, that is the crux of it is... Whatever we say, whatever people hear us say, all we can do is hopefully to show them they can help themselves. We can't save anybody. It's the sad truth is people often say you can't save everybody. And while that's definitely true, the reality is you can't save anybody. Everyone has to save themselves. Because, like, let's say someone's falling Doesn't mean that you can't lend a hand, but you can't actually save them. Well, it's like if someone's hanging off of a cliff. If all they do is hang there or even let go, you can't get them off that cliff ledge. But if they start pulling up, if they start putting their feet and back into it, you can at most okay. give them a grip. Let's take this to the extreme because we're uncensored so we can say unpleasant things. You catch somebody that wants 
to off themselves. And they throw themselves off from the, the cliff, but you manage to catch them. And you lift them to the top. Well, I saved them. Did you? What about three months later when they hang themselves in their closet? Did or, you actually save them? No. Only they can save, save themselves. You can offer them tools, inspiration, etc., etc., to save themselves. But you cannot actually save somebody. I know I've tried. I... I Oh, wow. Impressive. I'm going to leave that in. That's thunder. And it's really close because we're recording during a rainstorm. So that one was close enough. It rattled the whole house. And it must be because I'm definitely telling the truth. Thor's bowling. He's having fun. Yes. But, yeah, you can't actually save somebody. But what you can do is inspire them and hopefully give them the tools that they need to save themselves. And I'm not saying that you can't save somebody else just because I failed. I spent most of my life trying to prove a lot of things wrong. I encourage others to do the same thing. Not every, don't try to prove everything wrong. You'll drive yourself crazy. But it's also through observation. I've looked at some of these cases where so-and-so saved this other person. All right, all well and good. And then actually follow the story after that point. And not really. Well, and it's actually to take that same metaphor we used if someone jumps off a cliff or someone jumps out of a window and you grab them, you can fall right with them and die with them. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the catch-22 of when you're trying to save somebody right. is sometimes they can drag you down too. Right, and it doesn't mean don't... If you're in that situation, of course grab them, try to save them. But then why did this happen? Was they throwing themselves out? Was it an accident? Did they learn something? Because that's important too is... Because some, sometimes shit's just accidents, you know, just randomness happens. But did they learn something? Did they learn to, I don't know, there was an attack on a subway. Did they learn to keep their eye out? Did they learn to that it's important to protect themselves? Did they learn anything? And if they didn't learn anything, then you saved them for the moment, but you didn't actually save them. This applies to many different things because it was even said in the ancient world before you uh, try to cure someone of, of a disease, ask them if they're willing to make the changes to keep this from happening. Uh, it's, uh, it's a simple and harsh truth. We could really focus in on this, but let, let's keep going. I hope that you guys argue with us on this point because then that means that there's a little hero inside of you screaming to be let out. Yes, you can save people. It's, it's great. Argue with the point that we just made. Even though I just said all that, I still try every day. Yes. I, I can't help but try to save people. I, I just, I can't. I can't help it. I have to. It's who I am. Which is actually why the podcast, actually. I'm trying to save as many of our people as, as I can. And the only way to save people is to inspire them. Well, this is our little lights. Yes. This is our beacon. This is us trying to help other people. And some people reject it. Other people realize it, what it is. They are, they, they realize what it is, that it's a call. It's a calling. Raise yourself up to be the hero that you was born to be. The n need to have a hero. Because like I grew up, I didn't really have heroes. Mm -hmm. I grew up a fairly jaded individual. But you can see it. Like the, there was that kid a couple years ago, Bridger, who was willing. He was younger than 10, I think. And he was willing to sacrifice. I think he was eight. I'm not sure, but Bridger, yeah. Yeah, he was willing to sacrifice his life to save his sister. He got in between her and a dog attack, 
and it chewed up his face something fierce. Mm-hmm. He he even said, if someone was going to die that day, I, wa- I would rather it be me than my sister. This is a child. And he even said when they were, you know, carting him away to get, you know. Oh, yeah, and then he ups the ante, and he tries to save the dog, too. Because he knows it wasn't the dog's fault. Yeah, the dog was being a dog. A guard dog. And the other thing is, is something that a lot of people don't really realize is that kid was a massive fan of heroes. Yes. Like, he was a massive fan of um, Captain America. The The people that heard about his story actually kind of poked the actor for Captain America until he actually sent him a shield and was he sent him a video call message saying, bravo. And we need more of that, but we also need more of the people to pat somebody on the back. We need more of the cheerleaders. We need more of the people to offer the sandwich. The more of the people to... I, I don't know. There's too many too many things to list off that we actually need. We, we need more of the support personnel. We need more of the people willing to actually lay their lives on the line, which oddly is the easiest one to get. Well, and here's... It's, it's the, the lights in the background that we need. The, the heroic maker of the hero's armor or the, the maker of the magic, I don't know, apron or whatever. The farmer, the baker, the candlestick maker. Right. And I've said it a million times. Okay, maybe not a million times, but you get the idea. All, all these other groups, they want the academics. They want the scholars. They want the spiritualists. They can have them. Who I want is the dirt of the earth. I want the people that actually do things. I want the people that make the sandwiches. I want the people that make the, the uh, aprons. I want the people that feed the chickens. I want the people that's not afraid to actually do things rather than sit around and think about doing things. Well, and that's one thing you learn when you're out in the woods. There is no sitting on your ass and contemplating the mysteries of the universe when there's food to be caught, there's food to be cooked, there's houses to be maintained. Fires to be built. There is the reality of existence. And simply put, esotericism, all of these mystery things that end up popping up they're f- results of civilization right. well let me ask you a, a, a question since you just went through this and bravo by the way for actually while we was out there starting your first fire by hand a- and the reason why i say it was great and this is just a sneak peek into what's going to end up on the patreon is the entirety of the time i was telling him to give up and he wouldn't give up and he led it anyways so yay hero of the day but did knowing how the fire starts, like the, the, the chemical reactions, the, well, it's friction, friction causes heat, heat causes the, the atoms to, to speed up, and then that causes the fire. Did that help you light the fire at all, I'm wondering? No, just elbow grease. Yeah, just the, I just got to do this. So is it good to know the academic stuff? Yeah, yeah, it helps. But just focusing on that doesn't get anything done. Well, and the thing is, I've actually brought this up before, is even the gods, which, yes, the heroes and the gods are not exactly the same thing, but they're supposed to be part of our everyday life. Othin's not sitting on a cloud doing nothing. No, he, he comes here, he does stuff. Uh, Thor, Hercules, the gods, there are heroes. There are things to aspire to, to learn from. So the kind of excitement people have for Marvel Thor Imagine if our kids had that same excitement for actual Thor or 
you know, what if, uh, like we've brought this up before too, like Santa Claus, every time it's around Christmas, every fat white guy with a beard is automatically Santa Claus. What if uh, every redheaded bearded guy with a hammer was automatically Thor? Fortunately, people are still having children. It's slow, and I like to think our particular circles are going to have lots of children. Regardless of what you do, regardless of your intention, your children at some point will want to grow up to be like you. So if you spend all of your time on the computer and your kids see you spending all of your time on the computer, guess what they're going to do? They see you on the cell phone all the time. Guess what they're going to do? We, we have a friend. He has children. And there's times where we can't talk for days at a time. He has kids. He spends time with his kids when his kids are up and moving around and doing stuff rather than talking to us online. Which, he talks to us when he can. Would we like to talk to him more? Yes. But well, he's we, doing the right thing by focusing on his family, on, on his children. Well, we've told this to literally everyone. Family comes first. I mean, if you disappear for one month, we kind of like to make sure, you know, you didn't die in a car crash right. or something. But family comes first. Your kid's football game, your daughter's piano recital, your wife and you's anniversary, you know, a vacation to, I don't know, Niagara Falls. Do people still do that? Um, I'm guessing some people do. And then there's there's other things, too, like with the... Yes, we're talking about heroes. I almost got off topic. And it doesn't matter. Okay. Which hero is more important, the historic hero or the fictional hero? The reality of it is it doesn't matter. They are both equally as important. Well, and honestly, it depends on really yourself. Mm -hmm. Because, like, what hero do you need to want to grow up to? Or what do the heroes need to experience for you to realize? Because this is the other half of the heroes. It's not just showing you what you can become. It's what you can overcome. Yes. Like, one of the most popular heroes in our circles actually has nothing to do with our culture. I mean, he's based off our lore, but he's actually created by the Japanese. And that's Guts from Berserk. Oh, the yeah. number of people I have met and the specific reasoning is Guts suffers his entire life. He he is betrayed. He grows up just horrible. Well, and betrayal is something we all know. Everybody has been betrayed. Can you overcome that sense of betrayal? And that is the entire that is Guts' storyline. He constantly overcomes. He is strong, but he is someone who has suffered. And that knowledge, just like Hercules, he suffered. Siegfried, well, and, he suffered. And some people think that they can escape the suffering if they're not going to be a hero. Well, I don't want to be a hero because I don't want to suffer. Too bad. It's, suffering is coming for you. Yes, it always comes. You will always suffer. And it's this isn't some masochistic or sadistic statement. It is just a reality. It's of part life. of who we are well, as, as a people. How many happy stories do we have that's truly happy from beginning to end and there is no adversity, no no something to overcome? Well, we don't have those stories. No, the closest we actually come to that, the closest we come to that are stories of madness. Like, and uh, even then, I mean, they're stories of madness. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still there. It's just hidden behind the sheet. Well, it's like... Everything's uh, an amazing day if you perceive, you know, the people getting stabbed in the street as lollipops and flowers. Right. 
Yeah, that one song, uh, what is it, Sunshine Lollipops, the perfect song to me for madness. That is a song of pure madness. Yes, madness is the best word. So you're not going to avoid pain. You're not going to avoid heartbreak. You're not going to avoid these these things that heroes overcome by saying, I'm not going to be a hero. No, they're going to happen anyways. One of the greatest stories are about overcoming those challenges, and you don't always succeed. That's the thing, is sometimes sometimes you can work the hardest you possibly can, and no matter how great a hero you are... For Hercules, um, uh, what is that, the feats, the 12 feats or 10 feats? Uh, it was supposed to be 10, it turned into 12. Okay. For Hercules' feats, his wife and children never came back. It's just the way that life works. Well, and he failed two of the feats, actually. He succeeded them, but he broke the, the, the confines. He, he treated the rules like guidelines, which is all well and good. But like we said, it's okay to cheat. Mm-hmm. It's, not good, it's not okay to get caught cheating. Well, kind of like um, the idea of how we play games. Used to be, and whether they admit it or not, athletes are still heroes. They don't want to be heroes. That way they can run off and do whatever weird behavior they want to do, detrimental behavior they want to do with a clear conscience because I'm no hero. Every adult is a hero whether they want to be or not. A hero as in the children are looking up to us. So what are we giving them to aspire to be? Babe Ruth, once upon a time. Babe Ruth was a hero, a baseball player. He still is. He cheated all the time. Well, that's part of the fun of baseball. When right. They made Back it- then, and even now it still sneaks in, but it was expected every player on the field cheated. It's just how good were you? How good were you? The trick was not getting caught. So like the catchers would put gummy in their gloves, uh, and, and I don't mean just the catcher on the, the, the plate, but the people out in the, the, uh, the outfield. People would put gummy in their gloves. You're not supposed to do that. And why would they do that? So it'd be easier for them to catch the ball. They was cheating. Everybody was cheating in some way. The trick was was to not get caught. Yes, these are our heroes. And it's, it's fine. It's cool. good because that's who we are. Well, and here's the thing. The ability to cheat, what it is, is it's trickster. It's how is your trickster capabilities? Right. Because some of our heroes are actually tricksters, like Odysseus or Spider-Man. Right. Uh, both using both a uh, mythical and a uh, fictional or um, I don't know how accurate this is, but William Wallace, because a lot of his tactics relied on subterfuge. Yes. Uh, even Washington pulled some trickster. Robin elements. Hood, straight up thief. Oh, straight up thief, straight up trickster. Right. Uses disguises but and everything. What is it that makes him the hero? Oh, yeah. He never got caught. That's the part that made him the hero. He never got caught. The the guy that cheated uh, at baseball. He never got caught. Oh, no, he's a hero because he'd point out into the, the over the fence and then he'd hit the ball there. His rate of doing that, if you actually look statistically, is stupid, blind, dumb luck. Because when he did hit the ball, it was just as often that went out and not in the direction that he pointed. That if he pointed to the left field, it'd go out right field. If he pointed to the right field, it was just as often it'd go out to the left field. But he's heroic because he had the balls to point and say, I'm going to put the ball there. And then he just hit the ball. So what do, do people remember the failures for him? No, they remember the successes. And then those successes go from, well, he does it every now and then to, 
oh, wow, every time he does that, the balls go in there, even though it doesn't. No, it's it's how legend and myth works. It gets a bit larger than life. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Without risk, there will be no legend. Right. I mean, there's like... So going, he not only cheated, but he risked. Constantly. Constantly. And he, he is remembered as the most famous baseball player in American history, even yes. though he's not the best. Yeah. He has a candy bar named after him, though. Right. I mean, he was... Objectively, he was never actually the best. He was the most famous. There's no, a big difference. The great Bambino, the Sultan of uh, what? What's it called again? Mm. He's got it's many. Right there at he, the. He has so many epithets though, because he was so famous for so long. I mean, he really only started falling out of uh, public consciousness at the same time baseball started to become less important culturally. Right. Well, and they attacked him in media. Well, they attack everybody. It's like Al Capone is actually used to be a folk hero. Yeah. Now they're like, Al Capone was wicked. That's why the FBI is good for you. Right, and the IRS had to catch him because everybody knows that the IRS and the FBI are actually the good guys. Yes, history will show as such. Yeah, well, isn't it amazing how the good guys always win? Yeah, the good guys always win. It's an amazing thing. Hmm. But the reality is, is we need heroes, and it doesn't matter if they're fictional heroes, historic heroes, or better yet, you yourself, the listener. We need real-life heroes, for sure. Here's the thing is we used to be able to acknowledge heroes from the other side. Provide, we, we didn't acknowledge traitors, except in a negative fashion, because Benedict Arnold is not seen as a positive figure in America, mm-hmm. even though he probably has a bit of a different spin on the British side, if he even right. shows up at all. But we can acknowledge the heroism of uh, or the uh, grandees well, here, of the opponents. The the greater the villain, the more powerful the hero. That's why honor honor the enemy is because the more powerful the enemy is and you stand up to them, even if you lose, you can still win. Well, that's why. It, I, and what that means is I can inspire my people, the people on my side, to do more because I did. And I can inspire fear into the enemy to make them not want to do this anymore. So even if you lose, you can still win, and it's done through inspiration. And that's why the greater the enemy, the greater the hero. Even if the hero loses, it doesn't matter because he had the intestinal fortitude to stand up against such an overwhelming power. Well, and it's interesting because uh, long-term, history can actually end up making uh, heroes out of what some people at the time would have considered villains mm-hmm. like Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Napoleon has a massive fan base. Uh, same with uh, Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. But they did, from the perspective of their enemies at least, extremely negative things. Yes. So heroism is heroism. And eventually, basically, history, legend, and myth decides who sticks around and who just didn't make the cut. What we're talking about explains why society is attacking the heroes our historic figures our fictional our figure. fictional figures uh, shit just mom and dad oh yeah your mom your dad your grandma your grandpa because like my grandpa's a marine i was taught from a young age by society my grandpa is an evil racist my grandpa's awesome i love my grandpa uh you have even he-man's not safe i don't even know what the frick they that was uh, you can see them destroying the superheroes. You can see them starting to destroy, you know, the pulp fiction heroes. You can see them destroying the historical heroes, the mythic heroes. 
And it's not deconstruction. It's as we pointed out, it's not deconstructing these things. It's just shitting all over them. Well, and the reason that they do that is because, okay, our people are the Hyperborean race species. People is a heroic people. We are driven by heroics and nobility. These are the things that get us up in the morning and make us dare to be daring. If they can squash that, we won't fight back. Well, they're trying to destroy our pride. They're mm-hmm. trying to destroy our heroic spirit. And a lot of what, that, what that's been doing for the longest time is as they moved... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a swat at the church here, but the first people to really try to do this was the church mm-hmm. because they would come through, they would destroy the gods and the culture heroes, which were very important figures in the mythology, and they would give us... Christ. That's why Jesus Christ is set up the way he is. Oily Josh is intended to replace the culture hero and become the central figure of every right. culture he and comes And where in that contact. didn't work, then in come the saints. But what a lot of people don't realize is the saints were jokes. Oh, yeah. They were the butt of many a joke because they didn't follow the rules. Like, Raw power scaling, if that's all that you care about, if if you have that Semite mindset, all you care about is straight up power scaling. So that's why all these saints, they have all these super duper powers, but they don't follow the, the power scaling rules because their stories have rules. Our stories have rules. The saints don't follow the rules. And that's why a lot of the the saints... People rejected them. There's some folk saints that people did grab a hold of, but those were pagan figures that was later Christianized Christianized and sainted. But the saints that was offered to us. Oh, we laugh at them. Yeah. Uh, Oh, well, you see the babies, they were cut up by the wicked heathens and they were pickled in jars. And then the saint came and and put all the pieces together and made them alive and then forgave them for being born. Well, and sometimes they had massive rebrandings. Like I've pointed out before, St. Nicholas was the boy saint. He yep. was a youthful child. That was his whole deal. He was basically an attempt to replace Apollo and was terrible at it. So then when they move north and he gets up with Krampus and all these other wilder gods, he gets a big full beard and a stern countenance and starts running around with a bunch of wild creatures Nobody gives a shit about his hagiographies. I've never seen anybody care about that. Yeah. But you talk and, about... And you can see how, how the saints have been written and rewritten and rewritten and drastically. Not like not like our our gods who... Their story continues. No, no, no. The Abrahamic uh, heroes, the saints, just get straight up rewritten. Kind of oh. like what they're doing with, um, with our movies now where the director's like, oh, I don't care what somebody else said about uh, in their story. This story has nothing to do with that story. Well, that's not how it works. And notice who most of these people are. Like uh, the Taiwa Kakiti, whatever the uh, frick his name is. Uh, the New Zealand uh, weirdo that directed. The, the Kiwi dude. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care about storytelling in our way or fashion. To them, the stories are self-contained. It's an ego trip for them. Right. And storytelling, that is not the hyperborean storytelling. That's why... We're always screaming about canon, and there are we're not the only uh, species that cares about canon. There's other ones as well that care about canon, but they tell stories in a slightly different way. But they're attacking our heroes, yes, which is which is a problem. Both our historical heroes, our historic heroes, 
our current heroes and our fictional heroes are i ah i don't even know how to count the gods um but they're attacking our gods as well and the basic reason for that is to keep the po- our population subdued submissive yeah there is no heroes you can't be a hero these heroes they're actually monsters and bad guys you don't want to be like that that's why they're doing well, it so that we won't fight back so we won't stand our ground well just like the saints were used to replace the gods you know and the most popular saints are also are heroes or replaced heroes like saint george versus the dragon or right. saint joan of arc who right. was a actual hero slash deified figure they're doing the same with the superheroes trying to get us to value completely different cultural elements and some of those elements are cowardice submissiveness mm-hmm that's why, uh, and they, that's why almost every superhero they're pushing now is either a uh, very poorly written. Oh, what's that one line um, that is, we bumped across it in a YouTube video, and it's it goes back decades. Um, uh, the pa- du- uh, the, uh, let the past die, kill it if you must, right? Or, or some a variation, variation on it. Yeah, it's been showing up for decades. They want you to forget about the heroes. They want you to forget about every sacrifice that got you where you are. Every blood, sweat, tear, every wailing mother, every slaughtered family, Every everything. mistake that was made and every great conquest that was made. They want all of that forgotten because well, all of that inspires. Well, we're an ancient race and they're trying to convince us that we're the youngest. Yes. Far more evidence to show that we are the most ancient surviving race than there is to show that we're the youngest. Inadvertently, science is starting to get on board where they're starting to actually make the arguments that Hyperboreans are the Neanderthals. We are they're, they're no Cro-Magnon, no, none of this other crap that's been pushed, but that we are the Neanderthal evolved do uh, evolved to fit our, our environment. Well, and that it, there was no, uh, humans humans went in and then bred with the Neanderthal and that's why the hyper no no they're actually starting to realize oh hey there's it makes more sense this other way which then places our race at over 500,000 years old but they want us simultaneously to believe that we're the youngest that we showed up in the last few thousand years right because that's the argument they make some of the arguments is that we're less than 2,000 years old Oh, yes, we didn't show up until after Christianity, and it was the shining light of Jesus that made white people. wonder how well that's working in a bunch of other countries. Because there's, there's a bunch of other peoples that they have really devout Christians. When is their magical transformation going to happen? Oh, it's coming if you believe the Mormons. Right. Yes. I mean, it worked for Michael Jackson. Oh, yes, he's, he's the only person I'm aware of that went from being a young black man to a middle-aged white woman. And what a white woman he was. What a uh, voice. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. And heroes, they're, they're, we can't repeat this enough. Heroes are important. Be the hero. Because our people need to be inspired. Times are scary. I mean, there's so much fear porn out there. It's just insane. Oh, yeah. The rain causes cancer now. Right. The rain causes cancer. And, oh, by the way, don't drink the water because there's... Not only does it rain in there, and it's all rain on the planet, has these cancer-causing chem- forever chemicals. 50,000 gallons of it got dumped into this river. So stay away from the... Come on, now. 
Really? Or uh, it's like when we was out there in the woods doing the survival thing, and how many people out there got a freshwater sea that's clean, and there there's they was actually scared of it with all the filters, the really expensive filters filtering clean water. Well, most of them wouldn't even go into the water. Yeah, they were scared to touch it. Yeah, they were scared to touch it. Uh, they wouldn't go. They were so amazed when I showed them how to. You remember me showing a few of them how to tell when water is safe, when it's not safe, that those filters that they have for this particular water and most water you don't actually need. Well, and here's the thing is we know that the thing that can help people overcome these things is to see people actually doing it. Mm -hmm. It's like how many people didn't believe you could build a house with your bare hands until they saw, I don't know, the Amish build it. Right. Or like when we were out there, we actually ended up meeting some other heathens and talking to them for hours. And yes. they were like borderline enthralled just looking at us. And by the way, if you guys are listening, us. guys, hi. Hello. We've been talking about you nonstop. And in an upcoming podcast, I want to kind of focus on on that. Uh, not necessarily that conversation, but that whole that whole feel. But yeah, I like to think that we showed these guys that they can, that they're that they can be heroes, that they actually are in their own way, but they can be even more of a hero than what they already are. Well, and I think partly why they're so able to destroy the heroes is we're spoiled for choice. Yes. If you have so much of something, you don't notice when it that you don't have it until it's gone. Right. It's like if you uh, uh, fresh water in Michigan. It's an extremely abundant resource. You don't start noticing it's gone until Canada's pumped billions of gallons into freaking water bottles. Right. Which actually happened, by the way. And almost uh, it started was, a war. Uh, I don't know. Close to 20 years ago now, Canada was pumping just shit tons of water out of Lake Superior because, well, it's on our side of the lake. Almost started a military conflict between America and Canada. And what they was doing was bottling the water and shipping it overseas. Well, and here's the thing. This is where intent comes in because the same action can be cowardly and it can be heroic depending on intent. Yes. Intent matters. It really does. There's so much. Here's the problem with this podcast. We're spoiled for choice. Well, it's like I, I just said that is yeah. there's so many heroes. Yeah. Well, and so many different ways to go about this particular conversation. And we're doing the best that we can. We hope that we're not rambling too much. I'm going to try and sprinkle some fairy dust on this and make it a little bit more coherent but it everything that we're saying matters and we need each and every person out there to be a hero in whatever way that they can and it doesn't matter what kind of hero you look to the mythic the if historic. you want to be a hero send us 5.99 <laughs> i mean i got it we, we want to grow and unfortunately it does take money to grow so yeah. Take that Renown take that swipe and then point out it is a swipe because that is a common thing that's done. You want to be a hero, give five ninety nine to the Save the Puppies Foundation. Yes. You want to be a hero, give a dollar to Save the Babies Foundation. Well, and unfortunately, we live in an age where renown and infamy is not enough. But if it's a mythic hero, if it's a historical hero, if it's a fictional hero, I don't care if it's Aragorn. I don't care if it's Theodore Roosevelt. I don't care if it's King Arthur, but if you, it, there's so much heroism in our lore and our history and just our, our fiction and stories in general, mm -hmm. if you need inspiration, it's there. You just have to be willing to look to it. Well, and we need that grand crossover between DC and Marvel, I guess. So we need to actually protect our heroes. 
So when they're going after, I don't know, um, Benjamin Franklin, or they're going after, uh, I can't think of any European heroes off the top of my head right now. Um, William Tell. William Tell. They're going after William Tell. We need to step up and protect them and inform people, no, these, these guys, they're not monsters. These, even if this thing is true that they're saying, that doesn't make them less of a hero. It shows you can go from being one way to being another. Well, and the lore itself, the history, the mythology, the folklore, these things are very resilient. The fictional heroes are the ones they're going after. They're going after all three at the same time. It's just we're seeing the, the destruction. The truth matters less than the story. It's, it's something even our, our enemies understand, and they openly admit truth matters less than the story, which is why they're using the truth. They're spinning another story to attack our stories. Yes. It, what do you do to destroy the stories? I use the stories to destroy the stories, bring in the Thanos meme. Yes, pretty much. That's, that's exactly it. Well, it's like, how do you destroy uh, George Washington? Well, you start spreading malicious nonsense about how he pulled the teeth out of slaves. How do you destroy Thomas Jefferson? You claim that he was a massive serial rapist of his slaves. Yes. How do you destroy Paul Bunyan? Well, you try to claim that he's just an invention of a lumber company to sell From lumber. 1863. Oh, no. they. I've heard people try to claim 1915 or something. Okay, from 1915. Uh, and here's the thing. At this point, does it matter if Paul Bunyan was born in 1915? Absolutely not, because it's his stories that matter. His stories are, in, are intended to inspire so the truth of, yeah, the truth of it doesn't matter nearly as much as the story that's told. Because almost guaranteed, any grand historic story, even true ones, they're less true than the story. But the story grew so much because it is inspiring. Precisely. Uh, it's like Achilles. Achilles, if you look into some different elements, he's a god. Sometimes it's a god. he's a god because of what he did in the Trojan War. Sometimes he was a god before the Trojan War and he became a hero. The heroism and sacrifice of Achilles is what makes Achilles such an iconic figure of myth. Right. He doesn't have to have actually been dipped into, was it the River Styx? I believe so. He doesn't have to have actually been dipped into the River Styx. It doesn't have to have literally happened. It doesn't matter. And actually, as a matter of fact, this other version, or the alternative version, actually even makes him more of a hero. Because the one version, he's dipped in the river sticks, and therefore nothing can harm him, so on and so forth. Everybody should be loosely aware with, of that story. So he's invulnerable. Is that guy as heroic as the guy that, well, you see, he wasn't really, and they're trying to tear him down, but they inadvertently build him up. He wasn't really dipped into the river sticks, making him invulnerable. See, he just never actually got hit. And then the first time that he got hit, he falls down, cries, and gets chopped to pieces. Okay, this means he built up an entire military career and a legend around himself having fought so well that he never got struck. That makes him even more than if he has super magic bullshit powers. Well, I think that's actually a way of rationalizing it because a similar uh, trope does show up right. in the story of but it was done. it was done specifically to try and tear... Achilles down, but it Achilles is so badass. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's take that and we'll build me up even more. Well, they did that with the film Troy and it didn't make him less. It actually makes him that much more badass. Yeah. 
And here's the thing is, I think that's partly where, like, the Siegfried thing comes from. The leaf covering up his back? No, the guy was just so impressive that until they stabbed him in the back, quite literally, with a spear, mm-hmm. he wouldn't go down. How talented do you have to be that they have to rationalize the fact that nobody could hurt you with you just have one vulnerable spot and the rest of you is just magic bullshit? Right, how badass are you? You don't need the magic bullshit powers. But as soon as they try taking that away, and the reason why they're trying to take the magic bullshit powers away is they're trying to destroy these heroes. Inadvertently, they're making them better. The Well, you see the berserker at, uh, at Woden's Bridge. He wasn't really a hero and all this other good stuff, and he got stabbed in the dick. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, here's the thing. He faced off against an army, held them back long enough that they had to actually send somebody under the bridge to stab up through the bridge to hit him. That's an even more grand story than, yeah, it's more grand. It makes him more badass. There's no ha, 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 he got stabbed in the dick. Think about it. It's an army. Why couldn't they just steamroll the one guy? Well, or the... Uh, and they had to resort to trickery. Well, it's like Kukulin or the Alamo or uh, Thermopylae. There are so many examples of this heroism. It's self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. The figures know they're going to die. Everyone at the Alamo knew they were going to die. They hoped they'd somehow pull out a miracle victory, Yeah, but they knew they were going to die. Yeah, they didn't just lay down arms and die because, well... Screw it, we're going to die anyways. No, no, no. They went out in the grandest fashion. If you're going to lose, lose in the most epic way possible. And this applies to, I mean, we're drawn to war stories. But this also applies to the orchard, Idun. From the Edic tradition, Idun saves the gods on a fairly regular basis with her apples. She rejuvenates them. Yes. Is this any less heroic? Absolutely not. It's just a different kind of heroism. Heroism, it's, I guess, intention. Uh, It's not just intention either. There's more to it. It's whatever it is that they do, they do it to the grandest scale. Like I said earlier in the beginning of the podcast with sandwiches. If you're going to make a sandwich, make a sandwich in the most heroic way possible. You make the best sandwich. You make it the fastest. You make it the whatever. But you do the absolute best at, uh, in some big cities. New York, Chicago, San Francisco, you know, the big cities. They actually have made folk heroes literally out of guys that do nothing but make sandwiches. Well, and I actually have a personal story on something like this because I used to work making sandwiches. That's what I did for a uh, few years, actually. Mm-hmm. I had people who were just extremely thankful I was there. I had people that were like, I could never do what you do because it was an open kitchen so everyone could see what I was doing. They, they were like, I could, I could never cook like you where people are watching you at every second. Mm-hmm. Or they would thank me or they would uh, say I made their day or something like that. And some people would actually come up and talk to me and it, it would be like that old trope of like the tavern keeper and the person sort of talking through their issues. It can. I'm not trying to say that was heroic or anything, but it's just the little things matter. And it can it, be something as simple as holding the door open. Which, fortunately, actually, have you noticed that's been happening more? Oh yeah, especially in, the places in our we, area. Oh yeah, especially the places we go. Yeah, people's been, and it is in today's world doing something as simple as holding a door open for somebody is a heroic act. Well, just admitting there's a difference between males and females is a heroic act yes. at this point. So the, the bar is pretty low, so take advantage of it. 
Yes. <laughs> it just takes one misunderstanding for someone to accidentally become the center of a controversy. It's like uh, the Covington kids. Uh, I forget the name of the main guy, but the guy basically had his life torn down by a bunch of lies. All he did was stand his ground. That was it. Stand his ground and not grovel. And they tried to destroy his life, but he he showed strength does matter. So, and sometimes it's even rewarded. It's yes. true. The, this this whole thing of no good deed goes unpunished. There's a reason why they want you to repeat that. And unfortunately, it is true. But it doesn't have to be true. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. If you believe it's going to happen and you think it should happen, you're going to make well, it Well, and happen. if everybody around you thinks that it's true and that it should happen. Well, whatever what you say is a form of magic. Yes. If you constantly say no good deed goes unpunished instead of no good deed goes unheralded or something like that, you will create a world like that, even if it's just the mentality. Yes, it is magic. All right, so... Um, I'm going to shoot out of here. Um, I, we had a great trip. I hope that you guys enjoyed the shows that was up and waiting for you guys when uh, while we was gone. And, uh, yeah, be a hero. See you guys later. And I'll say whether it's mythic, historical, or fictional, we need heroes. Treasure your heroes. Love your heroes. Embody your heroes. They matter. And inside every single one of you, there is the potential for another hero. And with that, the Lore Keeper's out.